0: Well, here we are Super Bowl Sunday night kickoff in 15 minutes it's interesting I've um, I've been in church work for 40 something years um, full-time and with with that you know Sunday night Super Bowl night was always a challenge okay always was Um This church is pretty, we have about as many as we had this morning, really. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, you all are very committed and dedicated. That is not usually the case in most Southern Baptist churches that have Sunday night service. Um, The Sunday night of Super Bowl is one of those nights that you know are going to be poorly attended at best. And so what we usually did was had some kind of Super Bowl party afterwards, especially with youth. And we had goodies and all that, and so we would have our devotion, or we had our church service or whatever from 6 to 6.30, then went and watched the game together, and fellowship had a big, big deal. So I'm used to preaching like a 10-minute boom sermon on Super Bowl Sunday night. But I, um, I pulled this one out. This is in Romans chapter 2 is where we are. Um, it's playing in the trenches, and I, I, I wanted us to think about that because guess what? That's what we really do. We as Christians are in the trenches, especially these days and times. So I'm, I'm going to read, I, I tried to think about how I could shorten it down, but I really have to read the entire chapter 2. So if those would like to stand, you're welcome to. If you'd like to remain seated, I understand that too. As we read um, God's word, Romans chapter 2. You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself from the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who, by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being, every human being who does evil. For the fir- first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. All who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who bear hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature required by the law, they are the law, a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law, since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences are also bearing witness, and and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. This will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares." Now, you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and you brag about your relationship to God, if you know that His will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants because you have the law, the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourselves? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law. But if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code in circumcision, are a lawbreaker. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart. By the spirit, not by the written code, such a man's praise is not from men but from god may god bless the reading of his word so here we are we've just been given all these and it it, to me it kind of goes in circles a little bit trying to figure out exactly where he's getting at but what he's getting at is do we have a game plan now we have cincinnati versus los angeles tonight okay My guess is they've got game plans, both of them. And the one that has the best game plan and and succeeds in carrying it out will probably be the victor. Apart from a lot of mistakes or whatever, but you have a game plan. Most people don't have a game plan of saying, well, I'm going to mess up or I'm going to fumble or I'm going to throw an interception. That's not their game plan. Their game plan may be to cause the other team to do that or the other, but they don't. But some of us think because we say we believe that we can just skate along, that God will accept our contempt for him sometimes. You know, we sometimes show contempt for God by the way we act. We sometimes show contempt for our team by the way we play. I mean, you know, if if you're on your way out and you don't want to play, your heart's not in it, what good are you going to be on the team? It's the way it works. We think that God can be fooled and that our trick plays will work on him. There will undoubtedly be some trick plays played tonight. Will they work? Well, possibly, possibly not. But, you know, we kind of try to do that with God in our life. We try to trick him into thinking we're better than we are or or try to make ourselves look good. And we can trick other people. (laughs) I can trick those around me, but I can't trick God. He sees through my trick plays every time. He will all the time. We think God is someone who won't sack us. Folks, (laughs) there will be judgment. He states that in this scripture passage. There will be judgment. And a lot of times I think we think that, oh, but he's a loving God and a caring God. And that's one of the things I hear so much. If God loves everybody, if he's loving and all that, why did he let these things happen? Well, you know, sometimes we make them happen sometimes we do things sometimes we deserve to be sacked no penalties for our poor judgment and lack of respect or honor we will get penalties won't we <laughs> we think that God's not going to give us any penalty oh no he won't do that he won't do he, he understands where i'm coming from he knows where you're coming from do we understand where we're coming from sometimes we think that because of grace that he and that fact that we can do whatever we feel like I can't tell you the folks I've run into that think they can just act any way they want because they've got God's grace he's going to be take care of me no matter what I think he's going to show he will find we will find out that God still holds us accountable he gave us laws and rules to live by and obedience is how we show our love for him I think we forget that you know you Um, I was watching a show yesterday, I think it was, um, these guys trained their dogs and they had to put them through the paces and and they they were competing against each other, it was like four trainers and they were competing, most of them were just regular folks like us that had trained their dogs and they were trying to get them to do things and make them and and you know, it's interesting that when we think about that, we, we think, well, we've given them rules and they do that, we want that dog to do what, obey. We want our dogs to obey. When I tell my dog to sit, I want him to sit. When I tell him to quit barking, I wish he would quit barking. Most of the times he won't. He does not listen. Because he does not obey me. So I'm not sure he loves me because he doesn't obey me, right? And you know, we can move it from a dog to a child to a parent to a, you know, you know, we can just move it on down the line. But obedience is how we show God that we love him. We do what he asks us to. You know how it works with relationships. If if one of you all asked me to do something, if I could do it, I probably would do it. Because why? I love you all. I care about you. My guess is if I asked some of you to do something, you would probably do it. If it was within your capabilities, you could do that. You probably would jump on it and do it. Why? Because you care about me love about me. We do that. That's what we do for the ones we love. Why do we not do it for God? Why do we totally go against Him? and go against his game plan for us. We think that he picks favorites sometimes. God does not care who wins the Super Bowl tonight. Okay? I'm just, I will announce that right now. He does not care. He doesn't pick favorites among us. That isn't how it works. It even talks about the Jews and Gentiles, which we know the Jews are the favorite people, right? We know that. But yet, then again, he still says God doesn't show favoritism even there, because if the Gentiles are doing what they're supposed to do, even though they're not under the law, they have it in their hearts. They know the rules and follow them. They do what they know they're supposed to do, just because they're good people. They, try. you see, it, it. We have tried to decide that some people don't. He doesn't pick and choose who he shows grace to. <clears throat> it doesn't mean, you know, he's, he will show mercy to everybody and will also judge everybody if we cease to honor and follow him and he also tells us that we are relying on the law to save us and that's not necessarily going to happen you know they the jews especially thought well the law is going to save us we're going to be okay well, not if we're not following it not if we're not doing what we're supposed to do the whole last chap chapter is talking about the hypocrites the last part of this chapter That's why I read it all, because the last part says, a bunch of hypocrites, folks. You all are trying to teach people to do this. Um, You preach against stealing, but you steal. You teach against this, and you do it anyway. Y'all ever heard people doing that? I sure have. I've dealt with it all my life, with people that said they're going to do some things. You better do what you say. Practice what we preach. Show students the way of living right. And living by him we as Christians are teachers like it or not we're showing the world how to live and what we think God has in store if we are saying one thing and doing another we are not doing it. if you are sitting there smoking a cigarette and you're telling your child not to smoke How's that going to go? Is it going to fly? Probably not. If you're telling your children, you go to church and you're going to lay at home, child's getting a mixed message, aren't they? We do these things and it's kind of hard to take it. We're trying to go, well, but, but yeah, but I told them not to do that. Folks. We have to teach any truth. If we're not doing it, it's hard to make it stick. If I'm telling my team to do the exercise, to do the things, to do what it takes to study the films and do that, and I'm not studying the films and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, how are they gonna follow me? How are any of us going to be the teachers we need to be if we're not doing that? If we're we're trying to reach the lost, and to do tithing or to teach a class or even working, um, we are we are working in the trenches. That's what working in the trenches is. The trenches are important. We've got to be down in there doing the stuff that, I guess I call it the everyday life stuff that we have to do as Christians. We try to live the life that we're supposed to live the way God has taught us to. But, um, Most football games are won and lost by the offensive and defensive lines. They're the guys in the trenches. They're the ones that are doing the hard work. That's us, folks. We're the ones in the trenches. Blocking out the bad as best we can. Trying to help our folks get through and understand where they're headed. As good as Burrow and Stafford are, the two quarterbacks of the game today, Stafford I think many of you probably have heard of mainly because he he played for some Georgia team or something or another I think um, you know and Burrow was LSU guy but from Ohio small-town Ohio you know as good as they are you take away their offensive lines how good are they going to be you know uh, I don't I don't know how many of y'all kept up with the football all this coming up some of you probably have no clue what I'm talking about I don't care And that's fine. Burrow was sacked nine times one of the playoff games. Your team usually does not win if you've been sacked nine times in a football game. Let's put it this way. They're all saying if he gets sacked nine times tonight, there's no way Cincinnati wins the game. He got his sure determination that he helped them win, but he still didn't do it by himself. We can't do anything by ourselves. Any quarterback that stands up and says, I'm the God, I'm the reason why you're here, and all that, better not say it in front of the lineman. Because all they have to do is one time say, oh, go get him, go ahead. And he's going to be crunched. You see, we can't decide that, oh, we're all that. As a pastor, I can't say I accomplish anything without who? The people under my watch. I can't do anything without you guys. That's not, I'm nothing. You all are the ones that make things happen. The people in the trenches. You all are the ones that are really fighting off the enemy. You're the ones that are trying to bring in the good folks. You're the ones trying to bring in anybody that will come and listen. You're the ones that help lead them to Christ. They see you. They're watching you. They understand how you react to them. you They understand that you're walking the talk. And when you're walking the talk, people want to be involved in that. People do not want to be involved with people that are not walking the talk. They want no parts of negative people that are just, I can't believe that preacher said that the other day. And I can't believe my Sunday school teacher, I, he, he started us. Five minutes late the other day I can't but I don't know what he was thinking you know if we start all that stuff you know how many people you gonna have you know nobody wants to be part of that they want to be part of do you know what God's doing in our lives? you know what God's doing in our church you know what God's doing today he is really making miraculous things happen we're able to see him move in our midst we're able to see and sense his spirit every time we gather together that's what God's doing Folks, people want to be a part of something like that. I promise you, you let the people know that God's working in your life and they're doing those things, they will want to know. They want to know more about it. They want to see you guys and see what it's all about. Our Savior has much to offer. Y'all got that? He offers us a lot. How does Miss Pat deal with child and grandchild with cancer? She doesn't. She can't by herself. Without the strength of Christ in her life and without the Christian support that you guys give her, she doesn't make it through this. I couldn't. I can't. If I was told my, my son and grandson had cancer, I don't know what I would do. I would be devastated. I would be on my knees praying. I would be seeking friendships to help support me through this. I would need everybody on all as We're all hands on deck. We've got to have the lines lined up ready to fight the enemy. And we know who the enemy is. Satan himself is working overtime folks. You know he is. We all know he is. We're trying to figure out, and we can sit here and try to nitpick about, well, this law said this, or this said that, and what if we're doing that? But we have got to be showing the world that there is a difference in our life, that Christ has come into our lives, and that he makes a difference in how we act and how we react to whatever comes upon us. Because let's face it, it's coming upon us all the time. Everyone in here. God is really ready to help you in the trenches and to work with you if you will listen to him, obey him, show his love, and let the love of Christ fly through you. Now folks, you want to see how to win a game? Let the love of God flow through you. Let that happen. Show them that you have more on your side than just me, myself, and I standing up here hoping for the best. I can't make anything happen. I can't block those big guys. I can't knock Satan out. I can't. I can talk about forgiveness, but I can't forgive a sin. I can forgive, I can be forgiving. But I can't forgive their sins. Only Christ forgives their sins. I can show them forgiveness from me. And when they see that, What does that do? That teaches them that forgiveness is available for them. That our God is forgiving. I think a lot of people outside these walls think that God's the everlasting killjoy. They think that, oh, well, he's just a bunch of rules, a bunch of things to do that. He's not about, he doesn't really want, he just wants to to stifle my great life and keep me from having fun. Nothing could be further from the truth. We know that. We get in here, we, we cut up before the service starts, we're having a good time laughing, carrying on. And Why is that? Because we love being in, around each other. We love what God's done in our lives. We have the joy that only He can give us, even in dark days. But they don't know that. All they see is us going and they feel like we're judgmental. Like we're looking down on them, like we're out to get them, or like the God just going to shoot them down if they mess up. And that's not what it's about. We've got to show them Christ. they got to see the real Christ, the one that loved them so much he died for them, Christ. That's who this world needs. They don't need any more judgment. They judge themselves, Ben. I'm telling you, folks, why do you think suicide rates are up? Why do you think people... Because they're judging themselves and they know they're not doing right. Why do you think they're so in our face about their sin? Because they're trying to justify themselves. That's why they do it. Makes me crazy, makes y'all crazy, I know. We know what's going on out there. We know they're trying to make wrong right, right wrong. We understand that. But they don't understand that there's a better option. And until they do, they're not going to change. And they're not going to change the way they look at us. We've got to show them. We're in the trenches, folks. We're the line. We've got to stand our ground. Show them who Christ is. Protect them from themselves and from the satanic forces that are out there. There's plenty of them. Jesus loves us. He loves them. He doesn't show favoritism. We've got to show the love of Christ for those we meet. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are with us, even when we don't always understand and even though we don't always obey and do what we know we should do. We need your forgiveness. We need your help. Because without you, we are nothing. But with you, we can accomplish great things. Show us the way, Lord. Open our hearts and minds to you. And we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise that you so richly deserve. Because you are our God. And you are our our Savior and our salvation. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.